This is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast, Episode 11. Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. So in today's episode, I'm hanging with Karen CJ of My Hope Society, which is a community for bloggers and influencers. And they're also the hosts of Blogged, a podcast for influencers. So really exciting. I first connected with Kara a few years ago, and it's just so cool to see how she teamed up with CJ and they've created this amazing community to really take the competition out of blogging. And I think that's pretty cool. So enjoy the episode and we'll talk soon. All right, y'all. I am here with CJ and Kara, the co-founders of My Hote Society. My Hote Society is a blogger community with events and resources to help you grow your following, build your blog, and monetize your influence. So it only makes sense that they are here today on the podcast. And they are also the hosts of Blogged, a podcast for influencers, where they interview seriously amazing people in the industry who are really making an impact both on the brand side and on the influencer side. So welcome, CJ and Kara. So if y'all want to take a second and kind of introduce your roles within My Hote Society. Definitely. So I am Kara. I am the co-founder and digital media producer, which basically means I'm the nerd that sits in the closet (laughs) and builds the website and does all that kind of stuff. Yeah, a lot of our role like overlaps a little bit in terms of like taking the pictures, thinking of content ideas, but our personalities are like a little bit separate when it comes to like nerdy versus social, which is perfect. We work really (laughs) well together. So yeah, I'm basically um, tech support, but a little cooler. (laughs) (laughs) She dresses way cuter than I imagined. Yeah, tech support. Oh yeah. (laughs) Just picturing a black hoodie, like yeah, (laughs) like hiding. Yeah. Um, I am CJ. I am the social media and community manager. So I am definitely never nerding out on the computer. Um, I (laughs) try and learn on a daily basis from Kara, honestly, on a lot of that stuff, because it's just never been my strong point. And my husband luckily loves kind of that digital media, media side and digital marketing as well. So I get benefits from my best friend and my husband, which is a total win for me because my brain just doesn't work that way. (laughs) But I love bringing in the community aspect of my Hote Society. Um, We, you know, love really focusing on that, love doing events and everything. And that's kind of when my time is to shine. I'm very social. I was always the person like, she's great in class, but she likes to talk type of thing. (laughs) That was always my life story. So um, I'm definitely a talker and I'm, I'm definitely a social butterfly. So that's kind of the benefit of Kara and I. Um, I can take over when it's that and she can take over when it's more of the tech side of it. So um, that's kind of who we are separately, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to give you guys kind of a backstory of that. Yeah. And y'all both have your individual blogs as well, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine is everyday chiffon. Um, I focus on travel, fashion, and then a big side of posi- positivity. I call myself a happiness enthusiast um, because I've struggled with you know negativity and and worry and um, anxiety, you know, kind of through my whole life. And so bringing that forward into my blog was something that I realized I could really connect with people. Um, so it's fun to do through cute outfits. It's fun to do through my travels through Europe or the US and everything. And then it's obviously just fun to kind of do um, really writing from my soul when I get to do those posts. So yeah. And then mine used to be a fashion blog called Never Skip Brunch. And I just rebranded last month to Brighter Bold, um, basically with the idea that I have more to share than just my outfit of the day or like what Kara is doing. So it's more lifestyle focused and really focused on kind of female empowerment. I talk about different things like self-worth, self-love. There's like recipes thrown in there. And of course, a couple outfits, but um yeah, so that's all new. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. So did y'all meet because you connected as bloggers or how did y'all meet? Yeah, we met. Um, we're both bloggers here in Denver. And there was basically just like kind of like little groups of bloggers. There was probably like 10 to max 15 of us that would try and get together, you know, like every few months or so. Um, but it was always hard because obviously everyone's super busy. A lot of people have full-time jobs still. Um, and it put, put a lot on one blogger to get to 15 girls into for a happy hour. So <laughs> we, we kind of met just through those small little gatherings and through like little shop, you know, collabs and everything through the malls here and stuff like that. And then, um, really just kind of like took off on a friendship. We realized that we had, you know, great differences, but really great similarities. And that's kind of what brought us to, um, you know, working together. That's amazing. So as you were doing these meetups with these groups in Denver, in the back of your head, were you kind of taking notes on like, okay, what would take a community like this to the next level? And how did that ultimately turn into My Hote Society? I mean, I was a little bit, every time we kind of got together, I always wish there was kind of like a more official way to do it because that's just the nerdy side of me. I wanted there to be like a really good platform where we could all connect on a deeper level because we were so busy and getting together was so hard. Um, And I did some like digital marketing, working with entrepreneurs before um, this. I mean, eventually realized I didn't love it because it was so hard to help someone in a business that I didn't always like love what they were doing. But so I had a, a little bit of experience kind of like with the website stuff with teaching people how to grow a business, how to be a creative entrepreneur. So in the back of my mind, I kind of thought like that would be a good pivot since I kind of had closed off my marketing business and I loved blogging. So I was always kind of taking notes, but yeah, it kind of just happened organically. Like I don't, it was just like one conversation at a happy hour after like a fashion show that kind of did it where neither of us really had an idea going into it, but like coming out of that um, just like hour of having drinks, like it started to make sense. So it was, it was funny because like, honestly, Kara, like she said, like she had a lot of these ideas already from, you know, the start. And I, to be honest, I really didn't, I was just more focusing on wanting those community aspects of people. So I loved going to every single event. I never said no to an event. I was always going to meet people, always going to show my face. Um, so when we kind of started talking, she realized I could bring a lot to some of the ideas that she had. Mm-hmm. And then we could form kind of our own ideas together 
as more of like a community rather than just like a membership thing full of, you know, educational things. It was more of like bringing people together, their work together to be face to face together and to really like bring each other up, whether it was learning or whether it was just needing a drink and a taco and just getting together. Um, I have a drink and a taco right now, please. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I should have driven to Denver and we should have done this over drinks and talk. You are welcome anytime, girl. (laughs) My best friend lives in Denver, so I really need to get out there. Oh, you definitely do. We should. There's so many good places to take you to. Let's make it happen. Yes. <laughs> to swing it back to the beginning of my host society. So you were just chatting over drinks after this fashion show and you're like, let's do this. So spill the beans on, you know, the best parts of starting a company with your bestie. And if you want, you can share kind of like the learning curve. I yeah. guess is the nice way we can say it. Definitely. There is, there is a learning curve because like we're used to hanging out, everything being fun, but once you have to like problem solve, I think in any relationship, you kind of see a different side of each other. You have to like learn about kind of your strengths and weaknesses and how to work with both of those. So yeah, I think the best part, well, is just having someone else to work with that you like love being around because then it's not all on you. You're not sitting alone and on those days when you're doubting yourself or you're crazy busy or you're maybe even in tears, like there's someone else to support you and help you pick up the slack. And I know both of us have had moments like that so far. So yeah. And it's like, it's definitely, I mean, like Kara said, it's a blast. Like we've had some of the most fun times ever. Like we were doing a ton of our lives aren't always together now because we've realize that, you know, there was a lot of pull for one person or not a lot of pull for the other. And so having to kind of give and take and and learning what needed to be given and take through the process, it can be a ton of fun, but it gets exhausting. Like any job can, can be. And, you know, some one person will hit the exhaustion one day and another person will hit the exhaustion the next week or something. And so learning how to help that person and, and kind of build them up, but also, you know, trying to you know, be a hard, not, I don't want to say hard ass, excuse me, but like, (laughs) you know, just kind of also trying to realize, you know, putting like, we had not an argument by any means, but more of just a discussion. There was like times when we were both feeling exhausted and we were feeling the other person was doing more, the Mm -hmm. other person wasn't doing enough. And, um, really just communication. I think it goes into like, when you have a relationship with a husband or a wife or um, your sisters or anything like that without communicating things is when a lot of things get lost in translation. And um, that is something we've had to learn over the last eight months. And it's been so fun though. I can't say anything's been bad. Um, It's just been learning, you know, working with somebody else that's similar to you, but totally different and has a totally different life. Yeah. Being (laughs) being business married has its own kind of challenges. (laughs) And I think one of the biggest things has also been learning to like cut each other slack. Like when I get in my focus zone and I'm like cranking stuff out and I need CJ to do something like if she's not on or she needs space, like not to be like, hey, can you do this and this and this and like bombarding her, like giving her space to relax. And it goes both ways. But yeah, yeah. (laughs) definitely had to learn that because all all was, you know, fun when we were cranking out a bunch of new things. And then it starts getting down to like serious, hard business. And it's like, okay, we need to one of us needs to take a step back and let that person like live their life yeah, and they'll have balance. We know they'll be on the next day or whatever it is, but it, you can't be the same person all of the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
And it's so cool that you have each other to be that life balance for each other and the check-in because as a solopreneur, you know, it's like all on you 24-7. And a lot of times, even like a boyfriend or a husband, there's only so much that they can really be like, okay, you just got to push through this one thing and it's all going to be good because mm-hmm. they're not like as invested as someone who like, this is their baby. This is totally. like, their job. So I think that's really a cool aspect of it too. So one question I have though, when you were talking about communication, do you have any tools that you use now to really make sure that your com- communication streamlined? Like it's it like Gchat, Asana, do you have any tools like that to make sure everyone's up to date on what projects are going on and things like that? We like, you know, I wish we could say we had some streamlined thing. We have played with Asana and we definitely highly speak of it. Um, It's an awesome thing, but we learned that sometimes things still got lost in translation Mm -hmm. in that tool because really there's only two of us. Um, Asana will be great as our team continues to grow as we take on more people um, because it'll keep everyone in the loop. But with the two of us, we've just learned, you know, texting is obviously we text daily um like literally i think the only day sometimes we don't text is like a saturday and maybe a sunday but even then like we usually um are texting and we just learned that you know if the other person's not answering right away or something that that's when you kind of need to chill out and and realize that they, yeah they have they're doing something or and then emails is like a big thing as well like we've tried honestly we've tried a ton of tools but we've really like we have a dropbox that we share that is really beneficial. And we've just gotten more of a system rather than just one tool. Like, um, Kara does all of like the, you know, she creates all the images and all the gifts and everything. And I do all the social media. So using social pilot and everything, she's made it, we streamlined it by, she just uploads all the images in there. And then I go, I do all the captions. I schedule them all out. Um, and that way it's like, she can just text me, Hey, every single image is in there instead of, okay, you need to go do this. You need to go this. And then I can do it on my own time. It's easier for us instead of me having to go find what she did. She does it all at one time and then I get to do it all at one time, whatever time works for us. So unfortunately, I can't say there's one tool that we use because we're all over the board, but we've definitely just become more streamlined and like Mm -hmm. efficient through it all. Yeah. I mean, even that system that you have in place about Dropbox is a huge time saver. Mm -hmm. I remember back in corporate where someone would be like, oh, I have this that you need to like do the next steps. But like they wouldn't tell me where the file is. Like. It's in that huge corporate shared file. Yeah, and it's like a day goes by before you can like do the next step that would take five minutes. Yes. I remember yeah. that. Like everyone has their own personal folder and then like the big folder. Yeah, and, like, and then team know. folders yeah. and then there's with folders within teams. It's like, what in the heck is this, people? Like, no. Oh my gosh. Flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're all laughing now. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not crying anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what advice do you have for someone who wants to co-found a company with their bestie? Because there's a lot of people who want to, but I think that there's more to it than just being like, hey, let's do this together. Yeah. I think the communication is really key. Also, like you have to trust who you're going into business with. Like it has to be a balanced relationship is something we found. Like if someone maybe is used to like not being the lead on stuff and then someone's kind of bossy, like that relationship can be really dysfunctional. I don't know if that's the right word, but like with us, we're kind of like, 
strong enough personalities to be able to like butt heads and have both voices heard in like a good way so that um, we're really balanced. And also just reevaluating your roles on a consistent basis, especially when you're just starting because things are changing so fast and growing so fast and really just checking in with each other, seeing what's working, what's not, what you, where you need to make corrections and pivots, I think is really key. Yeah. And I think that's even relevant, even for just hiring a member of your team, even if you don't have a co-founder, just when you take that next step to bring someone on board, communication is everything. 100%. Yeah. And like knowing that it's not always going to be like butterflies and flowers and like, it's not always going to, you know, I think some people, it just goes into the same thing of like being afraid to fail. Like some people are afraid to, you know, butt heads or some people are afraid to disagree on something. And I think just going into that, especially if it's someone you've been friends with for years and years and years, Kara and I weren't friends for mm-hmm. years and years and years. So we've had to do a lot of the learning as we go, um, which has maybe been a benefit to us, but yeah. we did have an initial trust and like initial of kind of knowing who the other person was. And, but just be like, we both are just really open to things not working out. And so then when things do work out and things go 150%, you know, it's, it's a huge win. Mm -hmm. Um, And when things don't work out, we communicate instead of, you know, just shutting down and closing off and everything like that, which I think a lot of people can do, especially um, speaking to anyone that's thinking about going into a business with, you know, a seven year friendship or something, I can imagine that would have difficulties because you guys know each other so well as friends. There'd be so much personal, like you yes, take stuff yeah. personally, mm-hmm. I think a lot easier. Yeah. So we had that benefit in a way, which I think some people would think we're crazy. Yeah. But I think it was a total benefit because we didn't have years of um, built up relationship already that we are kind of then going off of and having to realize that the people aren't the exactly how you think they are. Yeah. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And just from talking to y'all, kind of my gut kind of also tells me that, you know, maturity and like understanding of yourself is such a key part to that. Because if you know your role and you're confident in what you bring, there's not going to be like that kind of competition of like, oh, she's trying to like turn my idea into something else. 100%. You know yourself and you know what you bring to the table and you know what the other person does and you have that, that deeper trust. Absolutely. And just being like flexible to know that you have weaknesses that are probably going to be brought to light and be willing to work on those. Like one of the things for me was communication. Like I'm a terrible communicator. I don't really know why that is, but I am. And so like, and I'm an over communicator. Yeah. Like I had to learn to like fill CJ in on like all the random crap I was doing at the website or like when I'd publish new guides and blog posts, like I had to learn that I can't just go rogue and like create all this stuff. Like we have to talk about it first. We have to like make a strategy and, and that's let- basically what's gone into making us more efficient. Yeah, exactly in a way. So it's learning because it right off the bat, it was like, I have a part-time job that I work so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Kara's a mom. So she has a part-time job or a full-time job, you would say, I'm sure. But, you know, we're have different lives that was kind of giving and taking. And so when she would go ham on something, I would maybe be working at my job, like what the heck's going on over there? Like I see this published, I don't know what it is. And so once we finally got that communication really out in the open is when we really sat down and like made an efficient way of doing everything. And that really honestly started at the beginning of the year, once we got through the holiday season and Mm -hmm. had kind of 
built up a ton of our resources and really realized what we wanted to do and where we wanted to see My Hope Society going um, is when we were able to kind of get more of like a game plan of how we can make communication work where we don't have to, she doesn't have to text me every two seconds. It's just like, I uploaded everything, go ham and I can go ham on my own. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. I love hearing about just like, as you are deeper and deeper into your business, just like how things just kind of like, come to life, whether it's like, it becomes more streamlined, it becomes easier, like it just flows. Mm -hmm. And I think that just like comes with for people who are just starting out in business, like you just have to rip off the bandaid. Because the more you do it, the easier it's going to get in certain ways. Yeah, Honestly, yes. like taxes get more confusing, but we're yeah. not going to go into that. <laughs> oh, Lord, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> so when you started My Hot Society, obviously community was the forefront of it. And you hear a lot now, people are really talking about community over competition. But did you ever have any experiences with the competition side of things, whether you were comparing yourself to others or you felt people weren't willing to collaborate with you because they saw you as a competitive blogger? Absolutely. Um, I think we probably have different sides of the coin on this a little bit. And we actually just did like a podcast with Natalie Frank, who's the founder of like Rising Tide Society. (laughs) So, but I was raised in like a really competitive environment, like in a good way. Like I'm the oldest of four. My parents really pushed me to like win things. I don't know. But um, so like competitive, I'm just like naturally competitive. And that's probably why I didn't have like a lot of good female relationships growing up, because I think I didn't really know how to have um, like that competitiveness and like community and collaboration coexist. And it's a really hard thing to learn. So definitely, I I didn't really understand the value of community going in. Like I think CJ has really taught me a lot about that Aww. through this whole process. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now but now that I understand it, it's like, I don't see how you could not have it. Like, I think one of the things is that like collaboration can be a competitive strategy. Like just one of the things we talked about with Natalie is understanding that like community and collaboration doesn't mean you still can't be driven and competitive. It just means like putting people first and valuing that kind of community before you evaluate or you value your own drive. So, and just like taking the negativity out of it, there's like um, I finally see that really taking hold in this year um, in, in blogging. And it's it's beautiful to see that because I think when you started, you know, it was it's a total game and you're wanting to, in a way, be better than the other person, even though they might be your friend or and it's still you can still obviously have a day where you're kind of like, well, how did she do that? And I didn't do that, mm-hmm. obviously, because, again, that's just like human nature. But um, the community over competition is is one of the most important things, because without building a community and without building each other up, um, the competition is going to take over your brain and it's going to take over basically everything you do. And that takes all of the fun out of any business, whether you are in social media, whether you're in oil and gas, whether you're in whatever it is, (laughs) you you need to be in um, still a community aspect of it. And I think um, when you see that take hold again in any industry is really when you see something flourish and really when you see something grow because they're kind of putting, um, you know, sucking down any of the pride and, and really having to just, you know, show true colors while still being a total girl boss and, and doing your own thing and, and knowing why you're succeeding at something. So mm-hmm. 
um, it's definitely been something we've both learned because I've always been a community person, but still been a competitive person as well. I'm an Italian Irish woman. So (laughs) (laughs) I was was raised that way. And um, just like Kara, you know, and I think, um, I think a lot, I think it's almost human nature again, to be raised competitive, Mm -hmm. especially in today's world with, you know, how fast paced everything is and how um, everything is very live all the time. And you get it right, you know, within a second that it happens. So I think that's just how people are all raised. So I think if you can bring community in that immediately. And I think that's something I'm starting to see with, you know, generations before us, even um, my littlest sister, she's seven years younger than me. She's 21. She took on joining a sorority, which I had no desire to do. And just because I wasn't that type of girl and she has made it this huge positive aspect in her life. And it's a beautiful thing to see because I think previously, you know, it wasn't always that way. It was more of like a more clicky or, and maybe I'm wrong, but it's just, it's, it's insane to see the younger generations really growing up um, and really taking hold of that community over competition where I think where we all grew up, um, it was a little bit harder to see that because you were trying to, you know, climb to the top above people instead of with people. Mm-hmm. That's so true and really cool to see. And I'm sure y'all are loving watching this community over competition thing really thrive during your events that you're hosting. 100%. We just did like a collaboration this last weekend. It was our Galentine's Day um, shoot and it was so fun. And we had met um, every blogger except for one. Um, And she had honestly been really vocal um, in the messages afterwards that she was kind of nervous and coming into it. She didn't know what to expect. She didn't know, you know, if we'd make her feel comfortable. She's not as like fashion oriented as she is like a mom blogger and lifestyle. And so she just was a little nervous and she gave a message um, that flat out gave exactly the reasons why we're doing My Hope Society. And the mm-hmm. fact that everyone made her feel so comfortable. It was like we were best friends right off the bat. No one was trying to, you know, take a better picture or be in more pictures than the other one. It was, you know, it was, it was nothing like that. It was just more of like a really fun get together. And that's exactly what we try and focus on. And um, definitely something we've heard loud and clear from all of our bloggers is that they're so appreciative of everything we're doing because it's their time to connect with women because there's their mom bloggers, their bloggers with full-time jobs, their um, married bloggers, you know, everyone has their own life. And so to have like a little bit of two hours a week or something to take out and be able to spend time and focus on your women relationships that around people that are empowering you um, is a beautiful thing and something mm-hmm. that not everybody gets. So what advice do you have for someone new to attending in-person events for some people who are, you know, on the fence about whether or not they really should just rip off the bandaid and go? I mean, the first, the second one's going to be easier, you know, just go and get plugged in and like, you're going to be a little nervous, but that's natural. And, and like, everyone's going to be re- more receptive than you think. I think we always kind of build it up in our head to be like, people are going to judge us or what am I going to say? And then when you get there, it's like all that kind of melts away. It's like all these preconceived notions and it's not really um, how it is. And I think women are like kind of wired to be collaborative more than we think. I think society kind of puts a little, a little pressure on us to be competitive in a way. But I think naturally when we come together and we um, start sharing our struggles and sharing advice, like, it's just, it becomes easy and it feels really natural because it's what we are meant to be doing. I think it's interesting to talk about why community really 
is so important for women at the core of our being and as humans especially. Mm-hmm. It's so funny you bring that up because there is a study done about like the different ways men and women respond to stress. I'm getting all nerdy on you here, but it's going to be fun. <sighs> Um, so men respond with that classic, like flight or fight response and women they found have more of what they call attend and befriend response. So we like still have a little bit of fight and flight in us, but what we normally do in response to stress is like, we either tend to, we like reach out to like, try to help other people as like a source of comfort when we're stressed, or we reach out to befriend people in order to like get that support ourselves. Um, so it's really, really interesting, actually. I sh- we should link it in the show notes because it's like, if you're nerdy, like it's great. <laughs> <laughs> How have you seen your community really thrive through the membership, especially if they're feeling stuck when it comes to their blog right now? I think the, oh, the biggest thing for people like feeling stuck is usually obviously like in growth. Um, they're just not knowing why their growth isn't happening or they're not being able to stick to um, a schedule to make, you know, a consistency to kind of see the growth happening. So that's been like the biggest thing I think we've heard um, a lot of people praise us on is just being able to help them, you know, with content creation and being able to stick with a consistent schedule of putting out that content, because a lot of that obviously then goes within growing your following and, and being able to kind of bring people into who you are. Um, but they also get stuck on, again, who they are and they get stuck on their why. And we talk about, um, we've talked about like a why in a lot of different podcasts and a lot of different of our lives, just because it's so important in blogging. A lot of people, you know, see that people are making money off of posting pictures. They, you know, they think it's just pictures and they jump right into it, not really evaluating their why. And that's kind of the biggest reason that we see people get stuck because they're just kind of, I don't even know if copying is the right word, but just really like outputting what's already out there. And they just keep, you know, doing that because that's what they see that's happening, but they don't have any um, soul or any heart behind it, which is obviously something that people can see immediately with there being millions of us doing it now. So we just always see people getting stuck with, um, you know, being able to be consistent, being able to like grow with that consistency and then just being stuck with knowing who they are as a blogger. And usually we've, you know, done some really fun, different lives. Like I said, that have really gone well with people where they are able to kind of learn a little bit about like how we talk about our whys and and kind of shared, you know, like Kara said, she just kind of redid her blog and her brand and everything. And that was definitely a reevaluation on her end. Um, It's still her. It's still what she was doing previously, but she reevaluated kind of the why of what she wanted to be putting out there. And I did the same thing um, a year and a half ago. And that's what brought that positivity into it and what was able to help me connect with a lot of my followers. So I think reevaluating and and knowing that that's okay to reevaluate is something that a lot of bloggers get stuck on. They don't know when it's right. They don't know if they can change because they don't know if they'll lose followers. And um, obviously that all comes and goes, but knowing that that's okay and knowing that's more important to understand your why is what's going to help you overall. Mm -hmm. And I think there's kind of, there's kind of like two stick points. The first one is like, how do I blog? Like learning kind of like, how do I set up my website? Mm-hmm. How do I do all of this stuff? Then there's like that deeper level that's like, why am I doing this? And how okay. am I going to create content that is like truly meaningful? And we've tried to help with both where we have, you know, the resources you need to learn how to blog and how to be an amazing influencer. But then there's that kind of deeper element that 
you can really only get through community and kind of chatting it out and and talking about your why and your passion and all of that. And so I think without community, you know, you can learn how to be a great blogger. But if you don't have that um, second tier level, then you're not going to really be successful or as successful as you um, could be. And I really do think it's so important to talk about your why, because where the industry is going and to stay in it long term, it really is about your mission at the end of the day. It totally is. It like it makes all your effort worth it, because otherwise you're just kind of like surface level posting and you're doing all the work. But if you don't have that deep drive and passion behind it, then you're going to get burnt out like real fast. When I think like it didn't always start out like, um, you know, I don't know if it was, it was, it's always been an important thing, but I think with how much things have evolved in the last five years, not everyone needed to know their why right away. And they had the benefit of kind of learning their why as they went through. Mm -hmm. But right now with how, you know, oversaturated it is and everything, it's really important that you come in knowing your why, because that's, what's going to make you stand out where Mm -hmm. before, um, when Instagram was just becoming a thing, like I only started my blog page as an Instagram page. Cause I was the first girl in corporate out of my friends. So I was like, here's my outfits. Here's my pencil skirt. Here's my blazer. You know, I didn't know a why my friends just told me to take pictures of my outfit. So I did. <laughs> then I like started evolving once I got a website and really like started to like writing again, um, which I'd always liked my whole life. That's when I started really evolving into my why and really took over what my blog was. So I think we had benefits of starting, you know, years ago where now um, you really need to come in hot and you really need to know what your why is in order to kind of make anything stick. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. So let's talk about algorithms and, you know, there's a lot of stress behind them, but what's the truth? How do we handle this? Well, I just first wanted to say like algorithms, we need them because like a normal person that's not a blogger doesn't spend all day on Facebook or doesn't spend all day on Instagram. They need to see relevant things. And so that's the goal of the algorithm. And the platforms aren't out to get us. Like their goal is to make amazing content rise to the top. And their business, just like anyone else yeah. is. That's, I think, a really important thing. They're not like against everyone. Like Kara right. said, they're, they're running a business. Yeah. So like- <laughs> the first thing is that they're absolutely not going away. And the second thing is like, you shouldn't ignore them. I hear so much advice like, oh, I just don't even think about the algorithm. Like, yeah, that's fine. But... I think you should be looking for ways that you can work with it and and not be complaining about it because like, I mean, yeah, it sucks and it's no fun to see like, you know, your posts just like fall dead every once in a while. But, you know, I think you have to stay calm and you have to like kind of look at it for give it some analysis to an extent. Like, Don't let just, it run your life. Yeah. Don't like push it to the side and not think that again, Instagram is a business. And so you need to treat it. If you are trying to do a business with your blog and really trying to grow and monetize, you need to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. So don't, um, you know, like I said, don't let it run your life. Don't stay up thinking about it at night. Don't wake up with anxiety, but like, also don't just like pretend it doesn't matter because, um, it does. It's just like any of the numbers. Like you don't want to get sucked into thinking about the likes and the comments on your pictures, but you know, in, in some aspects, it really the likes and comments do matter because mm-hmm. it's your engagement that goes into it. So yeah, um, so I, I think, think those the, are good. The first step for like algorithms in general is like think about meaning over metrics. Try to focus on that, but like also let the numbers inform your decisions. Like 
when posts do really well or when they die, like use it as an experiment and try to think about like, what are the numbers telling me about the changes I need to make instead of focusing on getting your numbers up? Because at the end of the day, first of all, it means nothing. But second of all, you can't really set goals for like, I'm going to get a thousand followers because you have to know how to get there. And so the goal that you set is about the process versus about like the number outcome. So um, I'll just dive into Facebook a little bit because it's got some good news attached to it. So um, the Facebook algorithm just totally got changed and they kind of just said, um, we're focusing more on posts from friends and family, a lot less posts from business. We, we did like a whole live on this, but the gist is it's amazing for influencers because you are a person, not like a huge business. Like you can share your blog post to your personal page and it's going to be authentic because it's like literally something that you wrote. Whereas like Nike can't really do that. You know, I guess the CEO could, but he probably doesn't want to. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't have a Facebook, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> so yeah, the new algorithm is more like person focused versus page focused. So if I had to, if I had to give one really strong tip, it would be to utilize your personal profile and share you know, use that as your platform along with your page. Yeah, that's something we've gotten really good at is like sharing. Um, I share obviously everything to like my blog page business that I have, but um, I then reshare literally everything to my personal page because I used to overthink it and be like, I don't want to like storm my, you know, friends and family with like what I'm doing. But then at the same time, I was like, this is what I'm, you know, (laughs) this is what I'm doing. And this is who I am. And I definitely think I have good feedback that, they can connect with. And that's kind of when I saw my numbers jump um, on Facebook is just because I was getting so many more views just by sharing on my personal page of people that wouldn't get to see it because of the algorithm change on Facebook, even if they had liked my page and um, all those things. So, mm-hmm. and I'll kind of jump into just Instagram quickly. Cause I did a live on that as well. I think it was last week, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's obviously no way to beat any of these algorithms. Like there's good tips and everything like that. And, um, Instagram's algorithm is going to always be changing. So what the algorithm is today could be totally different next week. And that's just how it's going to go. But the three things I kind of gave in that live just to, you know, help people out and to help people at least try and focus on something rather than just being negative about it was one engagement is key. You obviously need to be engaging um, with other people that are like you. Um, But I think a lot of bloggers get stuck with only engaging with other people like them instead of like engaging with real people and the people that actually comment on your pictures, going back to look at their things and commenting on theirs. Like Um, non-bloggers. Yeah, like (laughs) non-bloggers instead of just like bloggers, which I think a lot of people get stuck into. Um, Another thing that I've touched on earlier in this podcast is consistency. Really, I think the people that like, oh, I just wanted to take five days off and I don't think it should be a big deal. Like obviously in, in sense, yeah. Like if you're taking a five day vacation, like you need to take a break, like that's important, but you can't be taking those all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you need to really stay consistent on a weekly basis, especially if you're trying to make it um, a full-time business, because with the algorithm change, if you're not like consistently posting, uh, I know there's something out there that you need to post three and four pictures a day. Like, let's be real. Like not everyone can do that. (laughs) The people that can, it's amazing. Like I'm super jelly. Like that's awesome. But like, 
we can't do that. And so I think just if you can only post one time a day, like making it, I've done mine every evening. And that's what's helped a lot of people know that every evening I'm going to post and they can come back and look for that post every evening. Um, so just being consistent, engaging. And then the biggest thing that I know a lot of people have issues with is stories. A lot of people don't like to hear their voice. A lot of people don't like to see their face on it. They don't think they have anything interesting or they're a mom and they don't think they have time to do it. And I'm not a mom, so I can't speak to that, but really stories is like the biggest thing that's going to continue to push your Instagram up in algorithm. Um, and so my tip is even if you think it's not interesting, share it on your story. Mm -hmm. Um, people like I shared making my avocado toast the other day and people loved it. Oh, my like, best story ever was like, drunk Kara showing off her food baby that was full of tacos and every like that's Everyone my most it. watched yeah. story I've ever had and I felt so ridiculous doing it but like it's so funny because that yeah. realness just resonates with people so I think just being like just getting over the fact that you don't like your I mean if you can look at a million pictures of yourself on Instagram get used <laughs> to looking at like a million stories of yourself on Instagram like you are the same person you are in your pictures or you should try to be because that's yeah mm -hmm. that's what connects and if you're not maybe that's when you need to reevaluate what your why is because if you're able to show a ton of pictures on your Instagram that are 100% curated, but you're not able to show the real life you and you're having issues connecting with people, there's your gap right there is that you're not being authentic and you're not being real in your pictures. So um, getting used to stories, I think, I mean, I'm trying to get into YouTube, which is hard for me just because of timing and everything. Yeah. So the biggest thing I've done with that is just trying to be constantly live on my stories. And the one funny thing I had told Kara too, is like, I have a cat and got a new couch and we had to put tinfoil on the bottom. So he wouldn't scratch it for the first like few weeks right now until we're getting him off of it. And people died laughing. And most people wouldn't have wanted to show that I have tinfoil all over my brand new couch, but like, it is what it is. This is my life. Like, and then there was other people that were like, that's a great tip. I'm going to try that. Like I would have never thought. So I just think show. Showing the good and the bad obviously is what people connect with and it's what, you know, you get people coming back to and then how that goes into the algorithm is it starts to push you up in algorithm because that's just what Instagram has kind of input into their techie side of things that I yeah. don't speak to because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest takeaway from all of that whole rambling was you can't beat it, but you can work with it. So don't ignore it, research it and... Like there's little stuff like Facebook prioritizes like live video, then regular video. It prioritizes video that it's like a certain length. And like, if you just research that stuff and start tailoring your content, like that's how you work with it. So yeah, don't be discouraged. Just do a little research. <laughs> okay. So now let's talk about what's coming next for y'all in 2018. Really excited to hear about this. Oh, so many things. We have so many fun things. Yeah. Um, do you just want me to like go through the yeah. a couple things we're focusing on is um, really trying to up like the events that we're doing. We're going to start trying to move them in the next few months. We could say like three to five months to different cities just because we're wanting to expand our community. That's like kind of the biggest thing that we're really trying to focus on. And although Denver is amazing and we have so many 
Denver bloggers throughout. We know there's a huge um, portion of other cities that don't have communities. And, and like, we've been really lucky um, mm-hmm. to be able to form that in Denver and really lucky that there is a huge blogger community that wants to come together, but not every city has that. Not Obviously, New numbers, York, but... LA, like those yeah. big ones, Chicago, they all have a lot of events that go on. But Minneapolis, you know, doesn't have a ton of them. And we've seen some ones in Florida that don't have a ton of them. And um, we've just really looked around to kind of get to know some of the other cities and we have members throughout mm-hmm. in different cities. And so we, um, you know, feel like a need or like that we are, um, you know, we, we, we need to withhold and uphold that kind of community aspect and get that to them in person instead of those, them just being able to look at our blog posts in our lives and see all the fun we're having with our Denver bloggers, <laughs> but not really being able to kind of um, join in on some of that. So the events expanding is something that we're really trying to focus on. And then the other thing we're trying to focus on is like workshops. Um, we're kind of wanting to make, obviously our events are a ton of fun. That's like one of the best things. And one of the most fun that we have is just because it's community face to face, but um, another way we wanted to bring up community is workshops and a learning aspect. So we could get mm-hmm. bloggers that come together and you're still getting to have a mimosa with your girlfriends. And you're still getting to have that time away from your family or um, if you're a mom blogger, time away from the kids and whatever it is and really get to also then learn with your community. So you're getting to like kind of, you know, bounce ideas off of each other and seeing how someone else's mindset works aside yours. Um, which is definitely, I think, what forms like you being able to grow as um, as your own business is because everyone thinks they have it all figured out. And then you hear somebody's idea and you're like, wow, that's amazing. Why didn't I think of that? And so I think bringing that into real life, you know, and getting some of those workshops um, going will be a fun way for community to be a real thing, but also a fun way for everyone to learn together instead of sitting behind your computer like all of us bloggers do by ourselves on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> Like our webinars are still fun. Don't get us wrong. Yes. Like tacos and Mars, however, are more. Fun. Yes. <laughs> We're sensing a theme here. Yeah. Yes. I think we might want tacos today or something. <laughs> okay. That is so exciting. And if y'all ever make it to Kansas City, that would be super amazing. That's wow. one of the cities we've actually looked at. So I'll keep you in the loop because we would love to have you as like someone that can you know, oh, we could do speak to something. Yeah. Like we can do a workshop and everything. So we'll definitely keep you in the loop. Yes. Oh my God. I'm already getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's already going. My wheels are turning. <laughs> okay. So one of the amazing things that y'all have for free for your audience is um, a blogger toolkit. And I think anyone listening is going to love this resource because it just has all the juicy goodness that you need if you are a blogger. Yeah. So we just wanted kind of a tool that would be like really condensed, just kind of give you the full scoop and walk you through like how to do a brand collab. So the first thing is there's a pre-collab toolbox, which is basically going to prepare you to reach out to brands. Um, they We go over like the six different kinds of brand sponsorship structures. So this is things like sponsored post or like um, ambassadorships event appearances, all the different kind of like structures you could have for a brand collab, and maybe a little bit of like the compensation element. Um, Then there's a pitching process checklist. So it's like a hands-on like do this, then do this, then do this, then don't forget to follow up. So it like walks you through how to pitch a brand. And then there is a collab conclusion checklist, which I think is so important because so many bloggers are good at like okay, the post is up, I sent in the links, I'm done. But there's so many other things you can do to like 
wrap up your collaboration in a way that sets you apart and continues the relationship um, and keeps it open for those future collaborations. So yeah, just a good kind of walkthrough from beginning to end of like how to do a brand collab. I love that. And I think that one of the things that people do forget is the wrap up because, you know, again, when we talk about where the industry is going and what's changing, it's more, it's about more long-term partnerships than, you know, just working with a brand once and then never talking to them again. Yeah. yeah and if you're going to go above and beyond, obviously, um, that's when you're going to stick out as an influencer with there being so many of us. Um, that's kind of what we've spoke to and tried to obviously do in our own lives as well. It's been like a learning curve for us is just once you're done with it, you know, sending them all the images and letting them repost them and kind of following up with them a month or two later and seeing, um, you know, what collaborations you can do next, or at least in your head, once you finish a collaboration already kind of thinking of it. I mean, that's kind of your job is you're the one that's kind of trying to think of what campaign you can do. And that's how, how I can help the brand is the best way to think about it instead of how the brand can help me Mm -hmm. um, be a business. And so I think if you start thinking about that, following up with them, you know, in the next season and kind of being like, Hey, this, I've thought of this collab. I loved working with you. My followers loved you. And really just going above and beyond and reminding them of why it was a good fit is what's going to keep that relationship building over time as your followers continue to grow, um, as your life continues to change and, and so on and so forth. Yes, this is so true. Okay, so I love asking my guests, what's your favorite lifestyle hack? Hmm. And we'll each give one, so (laughs) I can start, I guess. So my new favorite thing that I've been doing this week is called Bulletproof Coffee. (laughs) It's awesome. It's like, so it's just like a really good good coffee, but then there's like, you put this like, oil like this they call it like brain octane oil or something it's like an agave yeah it's like a I don't even know and then you put like ghee so it's like you're balancing you're like omega-6 and three and the whole idea is like you can drink it for breakfast and you're like getting kind of a boost of like fat so when I inevitably skip breakfast because I'm like so caught up in what I'm doing um you still have like kind of energy and it just like really wakes you up like I'm just loving it so much um, my lifestyle happy is I've actually been trying to give up coffee this year. So one of the things I've been trying to do is um, stick to having my smoothies in the morning and really loading them up um, with everything because I realize that I'll bring fruit to work or I'll bring food on the go, but then I'll usually go for like the not so healthy version because I'm hungry or I haven't eaten enough um, and I haven't gotten all the nutrients. So I do a smoothie that's loaded with fruits loaded with Greek yogurt, loaded with granola, um, bananas, just everything, peanut butter. So I'm getting like a ton of things in one so I can at least um, start my day off on a really hot start. So then if I have a taco or pizza for lunch, I at least know that I got some things, you know, kind of going. Um, And it's definitely been something that's worked with me, um, at least for a little lifestyle hack that I've been trying to do more this year. And The second thing I love to talk about is morning routines. So let's talk morning routines. Yeah. So my morning routine differs because if I'm working like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm up obviously at like 6 a.m. having to get more of like that corporate life kind of going. But uh, I'm a very religious person. So my biggest thing is um, the book Jesus Calling. It's pretty um, popular um, if you're religious at all. And it's definitely been something that I've been reading since I graduated college um, every single morning, just because it starts you kind of off on the right foot. You know, if you're having anxiety about something or your day is stressed out, 
Um, just having that morning routine of always, you know, get, putting your mindset in the fact, you know, of, for me that, you know, God has a path for me and he's going to be kind of with me throughout the day. That's been a really big thing for me. And then just also like breathing, I think um, just not, I'm so bad at getting on my phone right away that it can be really hard, like actually, you know, not checking my emails the second I get out of bed. So if it's, you know, a morning commute with my husband or if I'm by myself at the house, just taking time to like wake up, say hi to the cat, talk to my husband before I'm like jumping right into work and then just working for the next like 13 hours. So whether you're a prayer or not, you know, taking time to do something, you know, motivating or put yourself, your mind in the right spot and then not getting online immediately, which is hard. I mean, I almost did it this morning, so it's still something I struggle with. <laughs> so mine, I actually just revamped my morning routine like last month. Before that, it was like the, it was a shit show, to be honest. Um, I would like roll over, grab my phone, check all my stuff. And I just like, wasn't ever prepared for the day. I would dive right into email, right into like my to-do list, like from bed, like, okay, my feet haven't even hit the ground yet. Like something <laughs> needs to change. So my first new thing is like keeping my phone in the bathroom that's like near my bed, but that way I can't get to it. So if I text you at like 3 a.m., it's because I'm peeing. Um, <laughs> so that's a really good, really good hack. And then let's see. Oh, well, kind of like doing some meditation in the morning, which like I never really understood. I like heard everyone like saying they're meditating and I'm like, that's so cool. Like, how do you meditate? And so like just having some space to like breathe and be really mindful in the morning and kind of like I've started setting an intention for my day, whether it's just like a quote that I find or a mantra that I write myself just to like kind of give my day a little bit of direction and intentionality before I start jumping into like every little thing that I need to do. And then I make coffee and make my baby a waffle because that's literally all she wants to eat for breakfast. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She like goes to the freezer and she's like, woof, woof. She's my kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you all so much for being here and joining me on the podcast. Y'all are amazing. I love how honest and transparent y'all are about the industry, which, you know, gives so much value to everyone who's listening and to your audience. So I love that so much. Y'all are amazing. And thank you again. Yeah, Aww. thank you for having us. It was a blast. I mean, we adore you as well. And we'll definitely kind of keep you in a loop if we ever get over to Kansas City or if you ever come to Denver so we can actually get a margarita and a taco. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.